Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with myself. Just may apply. Christ. Hey, I'm looking for the Paul Heyman slash Eric Bischoff slash Vince McMahon of Backyard Pro. Uh, I think that, would, that, would, that might be me, possibly. I believe uh, most people know him as, uh, fuck, Jeff Clout. I couldn't think of your real fucking name. Von Vertigo, or most recently, Jeff Hardy, spelt like a total asshole. We're already recording. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's actually G.O.P. Hardy. Oh, is it? So Oh, so you actually... Spelt it how it's pronounced. Well, the thing is, we don't we don't want to get sued, so. That's true. Okay, yeah, G off Hardy, exactly like it's spelt. I hate assholes that spell their name like that and then still declare that's called Jeff. Nah, uh, uh-uh. and I'm pointing uh-huh. to you. I think we we know a few. Yeah, Pigskin <laughs> Pete and fucking GG Cole are two of the fucking top ones. I'm pointing at. Ugh, the worst. But yeah, so it's a big week for uh, we're we're slowly coming out of quarantine, and right before it's all lifted. You have had the brilliant idea of releasing your own backyard professional wrestling show, so let's fucking talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to start with how the inception of the idea started, I mean, um, it was just kind of Forrest and I we decided to have this like backyard match. Mm-hmm. That was like a, like a 2005 MV with like you know that like new metal music sort of thing. Absolutely. Uh, so we created that. We didn't do a full match. We pretty much just filmed the moves we needed for it put that up and we're like oh that was kind of fun and I kind of looked at Forza and I was like what if like, I think we can do this as like an actual show like I think that's feasible so from there we I you know we just kind of started pitching ideas to each other and got people involved with it and then kind of let you guys um, figure out what you want your characters to be and what you want you want your passions to be essentially 
that was kind of my favorite thing initially was uh, how it was. It's not even like you pitched it to us. You just said, hey, you want to be involved. But like just seeing what you and Fuerza did, it was obviously very tongue in cheek, like funny over the top characters. You guys actually did decent wrestling. And uh, immediately what I thought, I was like, okay, I'm going to go the other way where uh, the wrestlers obviously don't know how the fuck to wrestle at all and just hit each other with things. But I think think it was, uh, was was it Jeff that said during your match, he was like, you guys have the most god-awful strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like the first little sequence we did. He's like, every other match I've watched, uh, they're actually, like, hitting each other and stuff. And yeah. what I thought was just, like, because before I knew how to properly punch, I still don't fucking know how to do it, really. But, yeah. like, backyard wrestling, I'd throw a, a haymaker from six feet away, and the guy would still sell it, right? Because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It's all make-believe. That's why I'm actually very excited to see what everybody else did because I don't know how many people who have filmed something because it was all filmed at a different spot. Nobody was ever fully together. It was essentially whoever was wrestling that person. They were the yep. only two on set plus shooting the indies and you or whatever. Yeah, essentially. Shooting the indies came to four out of the six. I was pretty much the only one who got to see all of them. I think four of them saw probably three out of the six. But yeah, I, I think that's one of the things. Um, I just showed for the night one the other day. He came over and we kind of went through everything we had. And it, it's uh, he said it's very interesting to see, you know, the difference between how everybody took it. Like some people took it super seriously, and other people took it, you know, like you guys, like ridiculous, right? Yeah. No, that's what uh, I, 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 I'm I think genuinely excited too, to like, see that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be very, very different. I think night one to night two is also. Um, a little different. Night two is a lot more, uh, more like your match, a bit more cinematic, and then night one's a bit more just kind of wrestling. And what's on night one? What's the card for that? So it's a Moon Dog and Detective Cookie Dough. Yeah. If Cookie Dough finds Moon Dog, um, it's uh, the Wheelers, uh, Jay Wheeler versus Mark Wheeler. Right on. And then uh, Psychotic Michael versus The Rock. Which I'm totally interested in because I have no idea how he's going to pull it off. I know he will. I can tell you he did, like, seven minutes without needing a cut. So, <laughs> he's a better wrestler than all of us. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah, I'm excited. And that'll be, it'll drop on YouTube, I believe. Just follow Backyard Pro. Yeah, uh, Backyard Pro on YouTube, uh, 8 p.m. on Thursday, June 18th. Now, how long, because filming of it obviously is all wrapped up, how long did it take to get everything? Because when you were first pitched this idea, uh, it sounded like we were essentially going to do a full show. Right. Yes. And then yes. it was like, uh, people kept bringing up like, "Oh, can I do? Can I film mine at the beach? Can I film mine here? Can I film mine here?" And uh, so now it was broken down into like, y- you're essentially needing to not run six shows, but six segments from all over the place. So how long did it take to fully get everything from start to finish? Have everything wrapped? I, I think about a month because I think. First, I released them when we had like early, early May that we shot late April, and then it was mid May that I think I reached out to you guys and put this all together. Um, yeah, I, I originally like the concept. I just wanted to do it at my house, but then I started thinking like, man, I live in like a neighborhood, with, like a bunch of old people. Like, I really can't do that. Yeah. Like, I'm only gonna be able to have one match at my house. And luckily, it only worked out that way. We were able to find more locations. I think that idea would have worked well, of course, and I think that's actually what everybody is expecting, but it just 
luckily, because y you have so much free time right now that you, yeah. you're actually available to go almost wherever anyone needs to film this, and you have this unbelievable camera. Yeah, and thankfully you guys were, you know, all willing to do it, and then I was able to work around everybody's schedule and just go figure it out. I, I got to give credit to Brad because Brad went through a lot of them as well. <laughs> There's a lot of driving involved, but uh, you know, I think it's all going to be worth it. Hopefully, or it's going to be really dumb. Who knows? Night two. Well, that, that's kind of the thing. Like, I think yeah. this silliness is perfect. It's giving people something to look forward to. You've really promoted it well. Like, this is I kind of go the same route for like when I do these stupid McNugget challenges. I take it almost as, like, a bit of a game. Like, can I promote it as good as, if not better, than, like, a smaller independent show and just see how much hype and buzz I can create? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I, I've i always gotten angry at the local promotions. Obviously not going to name names, but, I mean, when I go to the, U the UK or whatnot, I look at their production and I'm like, God damn it, like, why can't we do this back home? And the answer is always money. Like, we don't have... You know, if we had more, you know, people in seats, we'd be able to put the money towards production. But I always said, if I, you know, start a promotion, like I'll just do it myself. Like fuck it, like if it's my baby, I'll, I need to do it myself. Yep. But that's pretty much what happened with this. Really, the only, the only match I couldn't film was my own, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I, I totally, I didn't even think about that. So who did you trust to work the camera? Because, like, you sent me the rough cut of our match, and our match has a fuck ton to go to it, to go into it, yep. and. It literally blew my mind because you filmed it essentially exactly how I had imagined, but I never expressed those thoughts to you. You kind of just figured it out on your own. So you obviously have quite the idea of how things want to be shot. Who did you trust to hold the camera for your match? Uh, it was actually Jeff's friend, Lopez. Oh, really? Uh, he actually, yeah, he, he came over and was able to do it. I just trusted Jeff that he you know, knew what he did, and it, it turned out really well. Um, in terms of everybody's matches, like I didn't necessarily know what I wanted from each match. Yeah. It was more kind of in the editing process of like, okay, how am I going to get this to work? I just knew if, if this cut can somehow cut to this cut, then it's fine. I'll figure out the rest. Yeah, like, I, cu I couldn't believe it because, like, I, I don't want to give a ton away. My match is the only one I really have any, um, <clears throat> any idea of what happened. But there was a ton of beats we had to hit. And even when we filmed it, I remember, I think Jeff probably said some comment and like, oh, this is, fucking terrible and i laughed yeah. it off but i remember being like i think he's right like i think in my head yeah. this worked a lot better and now we're all together and we're wasting each other's time it's 40 degrees out and then you sent me this rough cut and i was just like i you're the new not that he's older but you're the new wave ethan page when it comes to editing i think oh i'll take it <laughs> um yeah i mean the first match we filmed was um moondog and um, uh, detective and well, actually I guess I should reveal where we filmed it but uh, yeah like we filmed that entire match in one like in one take mm -hmm. and that was just like the, that was the test to see what we were going to do and then I was like okay well we need I wanted to make this like a you know, like an episode of Monday Night Raw so it's like you know 50% wrestling 50% you know just entertainment which is pretty much how it turned out it's probably like 30 minutes wrestling to 20 minutes vignettes and interviews and stupid shit um, so then I was just like, okay, let's just film a vignette. And then it's like, okay, let's, uh, Alexia, sit on this table. All right, we're going to shove you reading the newspaper. All right, that works. And then what's the next thing? I just like literally thought of things that would work. And then I just went back in the editing, into the editing and I looked at all the footage I had and I was like, okay, what can we do with this? <laughs> it's so good. I've watched the Jimmy Fortino and, uh, Alex Scott vignette so many times. 
the vignettes are honestly like the funnest part. They're unbelievable. Like, oh my, I can't believe how funny they are. And it's not even like, because there's professional wrestling funny, and then there's like actual funny. Yeah. And there is a great divide. Kind of when you buy into pro wrestling, you just accept the most um, juvenile humor. And juvenile, not even in like the best way. Yeah. But those are just outright funny. And I've noticed like in neither one of the Jimmy Fortino or Alex Scott vignettes, I don't think anything wrestling is even mentioned. There's just a backyard pro watermark at the oh. bottom, which is even That's funnier. The only thing. That's the thing, like, Jimmy Fortino, was, I, I, we filmed, like, three promos with Stratos for that, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with this, and then I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm just gonna combine them all, see what happens, and that's literally what came out of it, and then apparently Tarzan Dan, like, retweeted it on Twitter, I was like, ah, okay, I don't know who this is, but apparently it's a big deal with Stratos. So. Yeah, I only know him because I think I've heard Del Bruno talk about him before on, like, the drive at five. Of course. <laughs> no, is that the vignette or is that the day that you were filming? Because when you came over to film, you said like you were having problems with your camera because it was overheating. That was for um, uh, uh, Jimmy Fortino's match. Okay. Yeah, it was just a hot day. Um, that was when Lopez was filming. Yeah, it just it, we had to do like six different takes of it. Well, between the spots and whatnot, because the camera just kept overheating because it was in direct sunlight. But it ended up turning out fine. Luckily, with you guys, I think it only overheated uh, once. Yeah, and I think it was right when we were coming inside to take like yeah, almost so it, a break, so it worked out well. Yeah, exactly. But half your back, you're covered in shade, so. Yeah, yeah, we got lucky that day. Yeah, I know. Um, was it always your vision to release it in two nights? Because I think it's a better idea because it kind of extends the excitement. No, it's definitely not. I wanted to do a full show, like two hours. Mm -hmm. When I started looking at it, I was like, it's pretty much all comedy. Like, I don't know how long of this you can sit through and, and especially for me like if you watch um, the first match we filmed uh, Detective Cookie Dough and um, Moondog I was forgetting Moondog's name um, I'm laughing behind the camera like the entire time <laughs> the entire time and I can't cut the audio out because it's just there and then like you watch the other ones and I'm pretty good at holding in my laughter I don't know if that's just because like I just kind of told myself like hey I need to like take this more seriously and not laugh Yeah, but the more and more I watch in the edit, I'm like, is this funny? I don't know anymore. So that's when it kind of ended up being, okay, I'll split it in two and extend everything out. Hopefully we can get more out of it. I've heard that from like stand-up comedians when they're editing their own special and they've watched it so many times and they're like, I don't know yeah. if there's any jokes in this thing anymore. Because you're, I have no you're idea. so deep in the forest, you can't see the through the trees type deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then I started getting, um, I started laying in the commentary and I'm like, oh no, there's so much noise. Like, in the Wheeler's match, they're both yelling, and then there's, like, commentary over it. I'm like, oh, this is so much work. Is it too much noise? I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up having to, like, I ended up having to go through the commentary and, like, move it around and edit pieces out to make sure to, like, if there's something Mark Wheeler says that's funny, I still want it to be heard, right? So it ended up being just, like, a whole other process. Unreal. And, like, did you go to school for all this? I went to school for broadcasting. Um, so not technically, you know, doing it uh, in post, but through work. I've kind of picked up a lot of these um, techniques, essentially. Because you've been, like, a guy who makes music videos and highlight reels for a long time. And I used to be able to beat, like, and when I say used to, like, this is probably almost 15 years ago now. To get, a, like, I could, I could work around it on, like, Windows Movie Maker. Mm -hmm. But, like, I have no idea what program to even use anymore. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. It's such a daunting task to even think about. Just to edit this bullshit podcast, I have a built-in editor... <laughs> 
on my phone for the uh, app I uploaded all to, and it's still not the easiest thing. Like, I I just commend people. Is it commend the right word? When I do. Uh, commend- well, definitely not condemn. I definitely not condemn. So I think commend is it. Commend. Okay. Okay. People that just know how to do it because like, like editing and any kind of like video work and audio work like that. That's essentially a trade these days. Right, like, yeah, that shit's not gonna go anywhere for a long time, and it's just as important as fucking like welding and stuff at this rate. And I really, I, I do wish one day I could sit down and do it. I just don't have the patience for it anymore. So to watch a guy like you and like Ethan Page, how quickly you can throw this stuff up and make it look so polished, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's probably just you know repetition. Like, there's some people like can just take out their camera and film something and put it up, but you know, like you kind of need to know how a shot's framed and how, you know, you can go about it in the edit. Like, but, I, but I've always worked organically. Like, I don't always have too much of a plan. Like, in school, they always taught us, like, hey, make a shot, make a shot list, make a, uh, make a storyboard so you know exactly what you're doing. I've always just been like, oh, let's just shoot it and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I only, because me and a couple of my buddies, uh, we've gotten, like, we made this fucking blood oath to each other that we're going to start releasing yeah. movies. And we're trying to do it as professionally not even professionally, as correctly as possible. So we're do we anytime we've done anything, even stuff we haven't filmed yet, we have a shot list, we have the storyboards and stuff. But it's also daunting because all of that stuff's supposed to help you throughout the day of the shoot to stay organized. But when we filmed this little lamb fucking horror movie, I set out a shot list and it was like overwhelming now. On paper, I had to see how much I had to get done for this thing to make sense. And it was just like, I would almost have preferred to just wing it. Yeah, exactly. Because then you don't know what the expectations are, right? Like, if you have so much going into it, then you don't know what could come of it. That's it. And, like, we had a prop list we wanted to do and just, like, minimal wardrobe and stuff. But it's just, like, incredibly daunting. I give, like, I, I already look at movies. I've always looked at them as, like, just something amazing that I could only have if I were to do anything it would be the smallest of piece but now I look at it I'm just like for a feature length film there is so much work that goes involved like and all of it's essentially um like you don't notice it it's all minimal subtle things that just is so much pieces to the puzzle and it blows my mind like you've been a part of a few movies and tv shows now so you have first-hand experience you were in it chapter two which is unreal yeah, um, I mean, I definitely noticed it because it was the first thing I did uh, extra on because they started filming it in my hometown, and I didn't I didn't realize how much you know work is behind the camera because I, I was used to you know the live studios and whatnot, and in film it's just a whole other beast. Like there's literally like ten people that are in charge of the background extras. Yeah, and they're choosing like, but this is where you walk. This is where you stand. Make sure you're standing this way. Like, this needs to be a girl here. This needs to be a guy here. Like, there's so much work involved. Everyone has a specific task. How many scenes were you in for it? Uh, I mean, on the actual movie, two. But I think I was in so many. I think I was in, like, eight. Because there was a point where um, uh, near the end of the... I did ten days on it, and it was, like, day eight. And they're like, hey, can you stand, like, in the back of the crowd? We have too much of you. Oh, like, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there was another funny point where um, we're filming at the carnival... And everyone has these red and uh, red or white or red and blue balloons. Everyone has two balloons, and they give me one red balloon, and I'm and I'm walking through the carnival. <laughs> and halfway, halfway through shooting, they're like, oh, "That's kind of a big plot, plot point. Why do you have one balloon?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's what they gave me." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, you need another balloon. Like that's you can't have that." 
That's crazy you were on set for 10 fucking days, too. Well, they, they filmed, like, I think 15 days in Porto. I was pretty much on every single one I bet I could. And what, like, if you remember, what scenes were taking place in Port Hope? The carnival scene? Was the Paul Bunyan scene there as well? Yeah, Paul Bunyan was. I wasn't on that day. Um, that would have been, when they have, was it Rich, Richie, Richard? Um, they didn't use that many extras for that one. The carnival was definitely the one they used the most extras for. Because originally they had a job fair in Port Hope mm-hmm. where you could walk up, um, get in line to be an extra, and then there was a separate line that was really small to be to work like uh, security essentially for the movie. Okay. And I was and I was standing in the extra line. I'm like, wait a minute, this is the wrong line. I'm trying to trying to get like a job here because I originally went to go as security. I'm like, okay, well we'll we'll message you if we need you. I'm like, cool. And um, like literally, I. I I saw like a talent agent thing on Facebook. I'm like, hey, we're looking for extras. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because I didn't hear anything about security. And the day I go in to be an extra, they're like, hey, uh, do you want to come be security? I'm like, fuck no, I'm on the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Did you meet any of the actors or anything, or you shoot away so much? Um, I got to meet James McAvoy. Um, I always forget her name, the uh, red-haired girl. Yeah, yeah. She was cool. I, 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 was coming out, I was coming out of the washroom, and apparently there was no toilet paper, and she was like yelling about it. But she was super nice. Uh, <laughs> but the biggest one for me was talking to Bill Hader because that was the coolest thing. No shit, um, eh? Yeah, because I was in a, there's a scene where I walk by him with a girl, and I'm literally they're like, "Oh, stand here by the cap, by the uh, Capitol Theater and walk by him." I'm like, or by his, uh, I guess it would have been his uh, first. What the hell? There's a bee in my room. Fuck. <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's so big. Find the EpiPen. Oh, I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving up here. Oh, my God. It's, oh, wait, wait. Is it a bee? I'm getting attacked live. Sorry. It's a bird. <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> if it goes silent, I'll dial 911 and just guesstimate your address for the cops. Or the ambulance. <laughs> like, I don't know. Who does 911 send? Ambulance. I'm oh, assuming. no, no. I'm good. I'm in, I'm in the living room now. Um... I can't remember what I was talking about. I was talking about oh, Bill Hader. Yes. Oh, right. Um, so I, I'm standing across from this guy who's holding a coffee cup, and he's walking towards me. And then he's like just the, um, I guess he's the stand-in for uh, Bill Hader. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then uh, like, okay, switch. I'm like, all right, stand there waiting. And then Bill Hader walks out of the coffee shop and takes his place. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> I'm like literally standing across from Bill Hader, and I'm like, this is the best. That's awesome. And he wa- so cool. He walked, and then like between. Um, between takes, he walked over and he's like, "Hey, uh, he's like super high out of his mind too." And he's like, "Hey, I hear there's like a there's like a cottage that like, or there's like a lake that everybody goes to." And I'm like, "I don't fucking a lake? It's Ontario. There's so many goddamn lakes." And like, I, I think he was trying to talk about like Muskoka or something. Oh yeah, celebrities, probably. Celebrities go up there like vacation and shit. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's like so many lakes. And like, oh, okay, cool, man. Maybe it's like we're kind of walked off. And I was like, that was weird. But I got talked to the later, so. <laughs> and he was high as shit on the set. That kills me. Super high. And he was, he was writing his, um, I think he was writing for Barry at the time. So I remember him. Oh, yeah. There, there was like a crowd of people around him. And he was like, ah, uh, no pictures, no pictures, please. And he had like his sunglasses on. <laughs> and he's, uh, somebody asked him like what he's doing. He's like, ah, uh, in between scenes, he's been writing for Barry. That's so wild, dude. I don't know, like, I think it's just because I'm so out of that world, right? Like, it's just, 
like in wrestling, I don't. There's not many wrestlers I'd meet that I'd really like lose my cool for or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're all in the same business and we kind of understand what we're doing. Uh, there's like that camaraderie and stuff. Exactly. But like those guys are movie stars. Like Bill Hader is like he's not a D list by any means. But like he's not. He's he's no Brad Pitt is what I'm saying. No, God, no. He's always like the supporting actor. Yeah, the, the and friend, just, you know, but. Just you explaining, (laughs) yeah. Just you explaining that, like, you had a conversation with him. I'm already getting like wet palms thinking of what I would do in that situation. And really, Bill Hader is probably one of the most normal of actors. I'm assuming too. Like, yeah, super normal. I did. I didn't know what to expect, but like the first, the first day, like I knew he was. I didn't know he was on on set at all because they don't tell you yeah who's on set. And they uh, they busted. We had to stay in like this church as our as our holding area because they don't want us um, kind of near the filming. And then they bust us down to this other area to kind of wait to be on set. And we get off the bus and we like, my friend and I, who, uh, my friend Sean, when I did it the first day, and we see, see Bill Hader, we're like, what the fuck? What is he doing here? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is our hometown. Like, why is he here? Did you meet, uh, what's his name? Is it Alexander Skarsgård or is that the brother? I can never remember. Did you meet? I didn't meet Skarsgård. He was the only one that, um, Bill Skarsgård, I believe. That's it. He yeah. was, uh, he did the, I guess it was the, um, uh, the statue scene. I wasn't there that day. Oh yeah. He's not, he's not really in like the daylight, right? Cause a lot of these shots are kind of, you know, in on like a set or at nighttime, right? That's true. Yeah. So did you get to like, sorry, I keep harping on this, but I'm a horror movie. Buff. No, no, no. <laughs> like what do you, are, do you get part of the union for the, or is it called the union? Uh, like I know extra work can kind of fly under the radar sometimes. Like, I, you mean in terms of like how do you like like how does the union work and whatnot? Yeah, or, yeah. Like, oh, does that count as a credit? Did you get involved, invited to the premiere type deal? Like, or is it just kind of a no, one no, and done? no? It's a one and done for sure. You you have to um to, through doing a few of these extra things, I've met the people that are in the union, and to be in the union, you need three acting credits. Okay. You need to be legitimately be credited at the end of the movies. That would be that you have to say a line. Okay. And what I picked up from doing like I feel like these like high school shows where I have to shave my beard and whatnot, and they'll they'll kind of pick like uh, you you say thank you to the main actress and stuff like that. If you get one word, you get an actor credit. Oh wow! Eh? Yeah, and to, get, to be part of like is it? I don't know if it's the Screen Actors get all around the world or whatever, but isn't it also uh, once you're in the union, you also need like those three credits a year to get your union dues or something like that or. Uh... Benefits? Isn't it something like that where it's like, that's why you're constantly... Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not in the union, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, or I think in the States it's at least something like that, because I listen to a whole bunch of fucking podcasts that has like, mm-hmm. everybody, any comedians in a movie now, and they're all constantly like, hustling to get another credit, because it's something like you need to have three right. credits a year for you to still be considered part of the union or something like that. So you can never like relax unless you get three bookings in like January, February, you're on edge nonstop. Yeah, pretty much. But I believe you can, you can get them through like commercials and whatnot. Like if you're, I don't know if you're in, like a Nissan for commercials, you say something that like that also counts. That's so it's not just movies and TV. And what was that TV show you did where you dressed up like fucking hide from that 70s show or whatever when you <laughs> had the mustache? That was, uh, that was Mrs. America. They shot at the University of Toronto. Okay. And that was a deal where um, I have, like, a, a talent agent that I loosely work with. I'm not, like, fully into this. This is just kind of, like, I don't know, something to do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, 
they're like, hey, uh, you kind of fit like a 70s role. Would you be okay shaving your beard and having uh, sideburns and a mustache? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I, then I show up thinking my hair would be like perfect for the 70s. And I'm like, uh, it's a little too long. I'm like, oh, fuck. So <laughs> they literally pinned it up with like 60 pins, put a wig on me. Oh, really? And just, yeah, and gave me a ridiculous outfit. <laughs> and then like the, the best part is like the costume people are constantly um, – making sure like your your wig or your hair is fine or not, but they kept pulling on my mustache thinking it was fake. <laughs> like, this is real, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> this mustache looks like shit. Let's rip this one off and take a new one off. Exactly. I got very self conscious. So how much shit have you been in now? Because I feel like you've been on a roll these past couple of years. It's only really since it that I started doing it and I only did like I think it's five or six shows, but for the most part they ended up using me on camera. There's another one that's coming out on Netflix called, I think it's Jupiter's Legacy with Josh G. Hamill. And um, I showed up just to be like a beach extra. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, would you be comfortable um, taking your shit off and like skipping out of the water? I'm like, okay, sure. They're like, oh, uh, can you hold hands with this other guy? And I'm like, sure, whatever. Um, and literally for eight hours, this guy named Cameron and I were skipping out of the water because they want us to be like the start of the shot of um, Josh G. Hamill on the beach or some shit. That's sweet. So weird. <laughs> when they asked me if I would have been in your shoes, I, and they're like, "Can you hold hands with the fucking guy?" I'd be like, "We need to speak to my agent, Ace." <laughs> exactly. No, that, that's so cool. Like, is that something you're looking to continue, or is it just kind of when it comes, it comes? Because I think it's the coolest thing ever. I think when it comes, it comes because you know it's, the money's not the greatest. It's just kind of like if I'm free that day, it's something to do. Yeah. It is very fun, but there's a lot of like. It's long hours for the most part. Like that, the, the one where I was holding hands with the dude was like eight hours. But I've done ones that were like literally 18 hours like through the night. Jesus. Yeah, I've heard uh, being on garbage. a movie is a lot of uh, hurry up and wait. Yep, and standing on your feet for hours on end. Jesus, eh? And like, yeah. do you at least get part of craft services and stuff when you're an extra? Oh, yeah, yeah. They give you, um, they have to give you lunch, but there's a few times where... Uh, some of the crew members like pulled me aside and said, "Hey, do you want like there's anything you want? I can get you." And like for the most part, they've been. Uh, I've heard like I've heard horror stories, but for the most part, they've been super super accommodating. That's cool. Yeah. Now let's tail back into backyard wrestling because yeah, man, you're a big backyard wrestler in your uh, younger days. I was as well. Sure. How did that all start with you? Where? Did, okay, let me start with this question. I usually ask it. Do you remember your first pro wrestling memory? It was. Brock Lesnar versus um, Big Show on SmackDown. When the ring I break? Don't, I don't know if it was the one with the ring break. I just remember being at my friend, the uh, same, same friend actually, Sean says, and I remember being in his parents' bedroom and we just walked in and that was on TV and then we walked away and then we went back to playing like PS2 or some shit. And for some reason, that memory always stuck with me and I didn't really think anything of it. Um, but what really kind of like hooked me into wrestling is that I grew up with a friend named Wayne Fryer and his aunt was Trish Stratus. Get out! Which is, no, I'm serious, which is ridiculous. So she was at like my like grade eight grad and like my, uh, um, you know, like those like school events and shit like that. And, uh, and I remember we rented, I think it was Snackovers Raw 07. And I'm like looking through the characters. I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm just playing with my friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Trish Stratus, that's your aunt. What the fuck, dude? Was he like aware of it? <laughs> he was aware of it because all of his, all like the kids at school were like, "Yo, your aunt's so hot." Okay, like, okay. 
but like always poking at him. To this day, I'd say like Trish Stratus is like top ten hottest women I've ever seen, even like in her mid forties now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's wild to me, but like I grew up around that. It's still odd. That's nuts. Like it, it, I'm just kind of like desensitized to it because like I'd see her occasionally, and I'm like that's Trish. <laughs> was she cool all the time, or was she a total mega bitch? She was cool. Okay, uh, that's most good. Cool, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't like speak to her too much because I mainly met her before I knew really started watching wrestling. Yeah, and like the one time I actually like really got to talk to her was uh, the grade eight like dance, and I'm literally talking to her, but I had a I had a date to the dance, <laughs> so I'm, I'm talking to her and I'm like, I sorry man, I gotta go. I, I have a date. Like this is a big deal. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I, I got a photo of her and kind of walked off, and that was it. That's unreal. <laughs> That blows my mind that, like, your first memory is, like, so, probably 2002? I, probably 2003, 2002, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. It's so crazy. I, it was definitely Lesnar, but I'm not entirely sure it was Big Show. I think it was Big Show. Like, I know I'm older than you, but I only feel, like, the generational gap is small. It's, it's a couple years, right? <laughs> but then when I hear things like that, I'm like, oh, it's way bigger than I think. Like, oh, wait. It definitely is. I had been watching wrestling, like, 15 years at that point. Yeah, that's and, wild, man. Like, I, I started at, like, 10. Like, that's legitimately when I started. It was, like, 2006 when I actually started watching. So, like, who was your first favorite wrestler? Because, like, my generation, like, we hear it all the time. It's the Shawn Michaels. It's the Hulk Hogan. It's <clears> a lame <throat> answer now because everybody fucking has it. But, like, who was your, like, first favorite wrestler? Was it, like, fucking Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler wasn't there when I first started. It, okay. was, it was Jeff Hardy. Okay, yeah, that's Jeff Hardy. I should have known that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember being so angry at, like, WrestleMania 23 when you didn't win Money in the Bank. I was just so pissed. <laughs> I, I would say it was uh, it was Jeff Hardy and Shawn Michaels because the first pay-per-view I fully watched was the Rumble 07, and it ended with um, Michaels and Taker, right? Amazing, too. It's so good. So good. That might be the most jacked Taker ever is, too. Oh, yeah. And, and people give, people like shit on 07 a lot, and that was really what kind of, like, brought me into wrestling. And I, I, I don't know, like... I guess because people come from the era of, like, oh, I grew up watching Andre the Giant, and now I have to watch The Great Holly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I've noticed it, too. Like, um, like I remember watching wrestling in, like, 05, 06, and just being, like, okay, this has gotten real bad. Like, I remember when Rene Dupree came back, and he was, like, the French, almost Rick, uh, almost like a Rick Martel, and he had the dog, and then we had Kenzo right. Suzuki, and, like, mm -hmm. Luther Reigns, that whole era, I just remember being like, this is lame, like, anybody, any new guy that debuted, their finisher was some kind of neckbreaker or flatliner, like, it was just oh, very by-the-book, I've seen it all before, yeah. and I remember even, like, the internet was new, but I kind of remember there being a scene, and nobody enjo really enjoyed it back then. But now, I go back and watch it, and I'm like, this shit was unbelievable. Like, I never appreciated yeah. JBL back then. And now I watch him, I'm like, he's one of my favorite fucking guys. I never appreciated, like, John Cena. Like, yep. I thought the cruiserweights were really watered down at that point. And I go back and watch it, and I'll be like, it's pretty fucking awesome shit. Yeah, through nostalgia, it's pretty good. I mean, there's still, like, the... There's so many of those guys that, like, debuted on SmackDown that were just trash. Yeah. But, like, there's definitely some, some good moments in that era. Like, WrestleMania 22, the one in Chicago, that's, like... Yeah. I can't remember, 06 or something? I still stand by that being, like, one of my favorite fucking WrestleManias, and I think it gets overlooked just because they went mm. back into a normal arena. Right, yeah, I guess that was in between... Yeah, I don't know why they really did it, but they were in Chicago, so the crowd was 
amazing yeah. anyways. But it's just, like, that was kind of during the era where I didn't love it. I still loved it, but, like, I, I, I felt like we were in a lull. And I go back and watch, like, anything from that time, and it just blows me away. That's why I'm, like, curious how in 10 or 15 years we'll look back at this empty arena era. Yeah. Because right now I, I'm not enjoying it, really. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's better if it be added. Um, the NXT talent just have a little bit of noise. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's just hard to watch. Yeah, you don't realize how important crowds are in wrestling until they're gone for months on end. Yeah. But I'm like looking forward to one day going back and watch this WrestleMania that just happened because I don't have great memories of it. <clears throat> and just going back and like watching it with a clean slate and just being like, that was amazing. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's so much that's happened in like the past three years that I just like can't remember like i watched the uh the undertaker last ride documentary last night oh my god it's so good so good and um they did uh they did the goldberg undertaker match I'm like okay cool remember that one mm-hmm. and then it's like the tag the tag match with like drew uh drew taker shane mcmahon and roman and i was yeah. like i don't didn't remember that at all like there's so many things i watched like i definitely watched it all i don't fucking remember it well there's like 12 hours of brand new wrestling every week now it's, so it's probably more much. than 12 yeah, it probably is. I think my favorite thing, like that Undertaker doc, I've been absolutely loving it. I think my favorite thing about him, though, is uh, first off that it, like he's exposing so much, but also yeah. like he seems like such a funny, quirky guy. He does. I I really enjoy seeing his interactions with Vince, mm. and I I feel like Vince needs to have some sort of sit down interview where just for like five hours hear everything from Vince and I think that would be the most entertaining shit yeah oh yeah like when he dies in 38 years and somebody (laughs) releases like a tell all or something there's so many unbelievable Vince stories out already but when he dies and like the chains are off and nobody has to like oh my god yeah hide the stories you're gonna hear are unbelievable and it always like surprises me because some days like I'll be searching reddit and it'll be all I'll read is like stories about how Vince McMahon's the worst person in the world, how he's petty, how he holds yep. grudges. And then other days, it's just like this guy is paying for guys that work for him for three weeks for their medical bills that is going to be for the rest of their yeah. life and stuff. Like, I'm really interested in hearing the truth about him. Well, I feel like it's always going to be subjective because, I mean, when you have such a power role like that, you're either going to love or hate him depending on how sure. you know he's, he's treated you, right? Yeah. I love, like, in I watched The Undertaker, the new episode last night, and, like, Taker's just leaning up against, like, one of the boxes that they keep the stage in or whatever, and Vince, yeah. like, slaps him on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Taker <laughs> turns around, he's like, that's a little stiff, and Vince is, like, bowing up. Like, this is a 75-year-old man. Yep. And, like, he's ready to, like, oh, you want to get a little fucking nasty right now? Because I'm, I'm good to this. go. My God. He's the same. So when did you start, like, when did you get the idea, let's wrestle in my backyard or like living room where did it start uh it was actually my basement i, I feel like it was pretty much immediate mm-hmm. um because my friend's aunt was trish stratus he would be like let me show you this trick and he would like hit his face off like the fridge or something and be like that's how you do it <laughs> and I'm, like, what? I'm like okay um and i remember i think what kind of started is that i had this like sim- i had this like homer simpson blow up christmas thing mm-hmm. It was just like a blow up like ornament. And I remember I beat the fuck out of it. I like I'd swamp on that thing, I'd elbow drop that thing, I'd give it every goddamn move under the sun. And I was like, why am I doing why can't I do this to humans? So then it ended up just being like, Okay, um well, let's get some kids from school. 
we'll write up the card at school, like on recess, and then we'll, you know, do it in my basement. And we'll film it because my entire life has been filming wrestling and making stupid shit, essentially. Did you have any buddies that were, like, minus that friend of yours that was related to Trish Stratus? I had a tendency, because I loved it so much, um, but I, it was, I guess before I met Julian, Paige came to my school, I think we were in grade 7 or grade 8, and, uh, but before that, I was obsessed with wrestling, I always wanted to wrestle, I had, like, the Hulk Hogan stuffed guys, and, uh, I think I had a Hulk Hogan, um a sting and a macho man. So I'd wrestle with them in my basement, but I always wanted to actually wrestle. So yeah, exactly. if I could convince somebody to like come over and backyard wrestle and actually have a match with humans, I would then try to basically brainwash them that they wanted to do this full time and they wanted to be a pro wrestler. Cause I just was dying for somebody to have the same yep. like passion as me. Okay. Gotcha. You know, it would drive me nuts when like, cause if you, we get six, not six months, four months of nice weather in this area of fucking the world. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to come home from school and wrestle on the mats every day. So I'd have my one buddy, Alex Dell. He'd, he'd be into it, but then some days he'd be like, oh, I'm going to go play hockey after <laughs> school. Yep. And I'd be like, no, like, we have to dedicate <laughs> ourselves. And I was always trying to make people as dedicated yeah. as me. And it really wasn't until Julian came around where, like... He got into it too. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're asking, like, if somebody came around, I feel like I didn't really have that until I really started wrestling training. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my friend Trevor was—we we pretty much started it um, from the beginning. Like, he was the closest to me in, in terms of, I guess, my mindset. Mm-hmm. I was—I would say, like, he was like the executive producer to like everything we created with GWF. Um, wait, wait, what was it called? <laughs> GWF. It was. We never decided if it was like the Trampling Wrestling Federation or the. Actually, sorry, it was it was KWF, the Kids Wrestling Federation, then it was the TWF. But we never decided if it was teen or trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> we literally stole the Hardys one. I think that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, they did something like that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because eventually we got, for my grade six graduation, I got a trampoline. And that's kind of what um, made us start doing it more, really. Unreal. And you and made the trampoline like, into a ring, right? Yeah, I mean, not, not, a, not like right away. I think it took like two years. Because originally I had, like, the, the net around it, and, you know, you use the net as the ropes. Sure. Um, but no, my dad, I had a few. So the first one was just wood poles in the ground with, um, I think it was, like, fisherman rope. Oh, yeah. That we just, like, pretty much tied around the pole, the post. And that one was god-awful. You couldn't, like, step on the ropes. You could just pretend that you hit the ropes sort of thing. Um, but then I ended up moving across town, and... We pretty much built the same one, but then like the, the post ended up breaking because I think the uh, like the soil, or I guess it was um, there's like rock under the soil or whatever, so you couldn't like dig the post as far down. Okay. So my da- so my dad came up with the idea of why don't we create like a cube of these like four by four pieces of wood or whatever around it, and then why don't we put like turnbuckles that are at the height of the ring essentially, and that's what worked brilliantly, honestly. Yeah. Because so, I was able to, like, jump off the ropes and shit. That's so cool that your dad was, like, down for it, too. Oh, yeah. I, I think he I think he realized from the beginning that, like, it wasn't going to be a phase. Like, he, he came up with the whole idea. And then, like, there was only one time that um, I went to do a lion salt. Mm-hmm. And the turnbuckle just completely shot out of the wood. And, uh, it, like, our ref was, like, 
I don't know, maybe six inches from getting like hit in the nuts with the damn turnbuckle, and that would have been god awful. <laughs> I have I have the footage; it's awful. Like watch it back in slow mo, and you're like, oh man, that could have been awful. I remember it like uh, it's funny you say how your parents like. <laughs> Your your dad accepted that this wasn't a phase. My parents <laughs> still think this is a phase, and they kind yeah. of just like they just let me go at it because it was going to be one of those things where all right he'll get it out of his system then he'll do something else. But they were always kind of cool with it. They just wanted me to be safe. It wasn't even so much they yeah. wanted me to be safe. I remember because I had started training, and I started training when I was thirteen. I was backyard wrestling while I was training for like two or three years. So I'd have yeah, like. I, I, I was backyarding for a year. Yeah, um, like, I, I thought it just helped well. my backyard wrestling. I wasn't doing shows. Yeah, exactly. But you I remember I'd have people come over, and I'd teach them how to bump and stuff. We had a mat. It wasn't yep. a big one. So I'd just teach them how to bump, because that's what I learned how to do. And I remember once, like, having one of our shows, and we're dragging everything back, and my dad calls me in the side or something, and he's just like, Kurt, you got to be careful you don't hurt them. You're the only one that know what you're, knows what you're doing. And it was yeah. like, he was like scolding me, but he was also like understanding that I ha I knew what I was doing. But at the same time, I'm like 14 years old. It was this really weird thing where he was being supportive when he shouldn't have mm. really. Like he should have just said, maybe we, we just wrap this up now. But Yeah, I, th I think for like, for my parents, um, I didn't really, I did soccer as when I was a kid, but I didn't really do anything. Mm. But like middle school or high school, I, like all I did was was aware about wrestling. I wasn't like a, any sports teams or anything. Yeah. So I think they 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 realized like as long as I'm doing something, it's better than nothing. Yeah, that's true. I was always doing something until, because uh, I I remember hearing about a wrestling school. I was young, and mm -hmm. like really young, and I remember hearing you had to be 16, and I was like probably five years away from that. So I just focused on like keeping busy until I'm 16, and then yeah. I found one and. I went as a 13-year-old just to... No, I went when I was 12 just to, like, check it out. And I guess they right. said, like, yeah, you're more than welcome to come in and just do it. And then once I saw, like, oh, I don't have to wait anymore, I was immediately done with anything because I was big into swimming. I was in, big into baseball. I always wanted to play football. I played a lot of football but not, like, in a team because right. my parents were like, we're not driving you around. They weren't down for yeah. that, like, travel. Unless it's down the street where you can walk, they weren't really into it. And then, yeah, once wrestling happened, I remember being in high school and wanting to play football because, like, I, I love football to this day and just thinking, like, but if I focus even 10% of my energy on football, that's 10% yeah. away from wrestling and I just don't want to do that, which is hilarious to say now because I'm not a workout guy by any means. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. And you weren't, like, I'm assuming, because I've seen highlights of your backyard wrestling, you weren't doing, like, the light tubes or anything crazy. You guys were just doing, like, moves. No, yeah, that's 100% it. We were definitely just, we were just doing, you know, like, WWE-style wrestling. We yeah. weren't really into, like, the deathmatch wrestling. We would use weapons, but, like, we'd replace it. You know, like, a chair would be, like, uh, one of those, like, boogie boards you use in, like, the, the beach and shit. Sure, or, yeah. like, a, a table would be, like, a laundromat or, like, a box sort of thing. Not a laundromat, a laundry uh, basket. Yeah, I remember, like, we'd use uh, the Pizza Pizza boxes because they were, like, the ones that held two pizzas. Oh, yeah. And that yep. would be our table. And, yeah, we'd just reuse it until it disintegrated and stuff. But, yeah, I think yeah, that's a big thing. Because I didn't get into the hardcore stuff until I got a little older. Oh, okay. Because if, like, my parents, if any parent sees you smashing light bulbs and light tubes over oh, each other. Oh, God, yeah. It's a huge that's difference, a but... Oh, that's, that's entirely different. Boys will be boys that's, with wrestling, so yeah, you might as well just let them fucking do it. Yeah. 
really. I mean, did you really have anybody who got like seriously hurt at all when you guys were doing it? Um, Mike McKelvey did a few times. McKelvey, okay. Yeah, yeah. When when I got to high school, I met McKelvey, and uh, I got he came to wrestling. Like, he came to training. I think I invited him to one of the student shows, and then that broke him in. But, yeah, yeah okay. like, even when Mike wrestled professionally, he would always get fucked up. He played hockey for years. He always got fucked up. It was kind of just a running okay. gig. And, uh... Is he just, like, is he just like Kenny from South Park? Yeah, essentially, like... That was kind of me as a kid then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was always... Like, he had, like, 14 diagnosed concussions by the time we were, like... Oh, my God. By the time we went to prom in high school. So he already had to, like, wind it down. That's why he's been a ref for so long. Yeah. But yeah, I remember uh, once uh, we were wrestling at like a park with like a stone, stones on the ground, you know, like pebbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we did a spot where, uh, like, I'm climbing up one of the ladders on the park. Mike tries to grab me. I like elbow him. He falls down, and we have a chair, just sitting normally, normally, yeah. and off camera. The camera just shows me like climbing up to the top of the park. But Mike falls down and then puts his head through the backrest, backrest and the seat of the chair. Oh, my God. And then the idea was, like, I'll do a double stomp and I'll just hit the chair, like, mm. seat and you just sell yeah. it, right? But we didn't take into account that when I hit the chair, it's sitting on, like, four inches of those pebbles. It's going to go down. Oh. So I stomped the chair and it essentially guillotined part of his ear. Like the back. Oh my of the, God. So I remember doing that and like he he's fucked up and we know he's fucked up. And the only thing we're all stressing about, including him, is like, what do I tell my mom? We're not worried about the injury at yeah. all. It's just like, what lie do we say? Like, oh, were we, we were running after a robber and then yeah, he fell, you know, something sure. dumb like that. God. When did you break into wrestling like professionally then? Uh, it was when I turned 14. It, it, similar to you, but I didn't really know I could do it early. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't do it early. 14's too young. 13's too young. Like, yeah, I'm happy I did it, I, but it's too young. I very much kind of regret bumping on that body. Fuego was always, you know, super nice with me and kind of didn't make me bump as everybody else, but I still don't think I should have bumped no, that early. Um, your body's not developed. No, definitely not. I'm like, you look at the, like, I have, like, my first match from when I was training, and I'm, like, five foot tall. Yeah. And, like... Literally 95 pounds, and like, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a kid that I knew named Tyler. He ended up becoming part of my backer wrestling federation. We didn't really gel that well, but um, he ended up wanting to become a wrestler, so he actually informed me of the school in Toronto. And he was a little older than me, so he had a license. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, sorry, he didn't, he didn't have a license. He got a license later, but um, his dad was able to drive us to train, and my dad would pick us up. It was about an hour and a half drive or whatever. He ended up just... Um, he had like a bunch of like motocross injuries from when he when he was a little bit younger, so his back was already fucked. So he ended up just leaving from it. But then I ended up continuing it. But I, I initially when I reached out to Fuego for training, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do necessarily wrestling because I was so young. I actually reached out for like like hey, do you teach like commentary and like wrestling and like pretty much everything else other than being a wrestler? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And then immediately when I show up, I'm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you remember, like, your first day? Because I, like, I've talked about this on a podcast a lot, so I won't harp on it long. But, like, yeah. for years and years and years, all I talked about is how I want to be a wrestler. I want to go to wrestling school. I want to go to wrestling school. My parents finally put me in wrestling school. I started on Saturday, January 2nd, and we had training Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. So, Saturday I finish, and I yeah. just remember, like, driving home with my dad and being like, 
I never want to do that again. That was the worst. I hurt so bad. I remember that night we went to my parents' friend's house and they were just hanging out. And like I was, my I guess my brother didn't want to watch me that night, so I just hung out with them. And I remember yeah. they told me like, "Hey, go upstairs and just watch a movie or something." So I go upstairs, and I remember looking at the TV and not even like, not even realizing what I was watching because all I was thinking was, "How do I tell my parents I don't want to do this?" Like they just paid for oh a month worth of wrestling school yesterday. Like, yeah. Do you have a story like that at all, or did you love it? I don't honestly remember too much from my first day. I, I remember, like, the first day we, I went, um, they didn't want me in the ring because I, I think my pa- my parents hadn't signed the papers and um, my friend's dad had drove us. So okay. all I was allowed to do was chain. So I think the second week is when I, like, chain was fine because obviously I wasn't really getting hurt. Um, but the second week, I think, is when we started doing bumps. And I think that's what kind of rattled me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it just kind of, like, Sucking. I also remember Tomer Shalom um, trying to do a headstand in the corner and flipping over onto the corner post. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, those were my two like <laughs> memories of it. And that was the last time Tomer tried to do anything of athleticism in a professional wrestling ring. Yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah, I had, like after that, I remember. I think it was like week three or four. Do you remember um, Jason Chase, Greg Gibson? Yes, yeah, yeah. Remember him? Yep. So he he started training when I started training. Um, but he, I remember him giving me like a brain buster like three or four weeks in. And I remember Fiasco like being like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like 14. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish I remembered more, but like I honestly don't. I don't know why that is. Do you ever have times when you like drive by the old squared circle and you get like... Mm sweaty and anxiety ridden oh all the time even just filming back here pro i think it was uh Fred and i were on the way back from uh from alexia's house and we drove by uh the old finch exit and we we're like oh man the memories <laughs> yeah I, to this day i like if it's not often i'll drive by where the gyms used to be but if yeah. i ever do like it's immediate like i can still remember like the smell of my dad's cigarettes while driving there like it was so like i hated yep. it for years, and but I just didn't have the, like I wasn't a man enough to admit I didn't like it. And looking back, I'm so happy I didn't. But like, it's just I just stuck with it because I was the shame was going to be too strong admitting I was wrong. But I remember mm-hmm. like I used to have to take summers off July and August because my parents had a trailer, and they're like, "We're not yeah. taking you fucking to wrestling school." Like we get yeah. a couple nice months a year. Like, and yet again, at this time, I'm 13, 14 years old. They're like, no, you're taking two months off. That's it. And I remember just being at the trailer and just relentlessly bumping on the ground because I was so scared that when I went back to training in September, it was going to hurt again. So I was trying to like keep my body callous and stuff. And yet again, my parents are just watching me and being like, cool with it. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I guess our parents were like cool with that. I don't know, man. God bless Crazy. them, but yeah, like, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine doing the same, but wait and say until I have kids, and then who knows what the fuck happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's plug this show once more, and then I'll let you go. All right, sounds good. Um, I mean, you can find Backyard Pro on Twitter at Pro Backyard, on Facebook at Backyard Pro Canada, uh, Instagram at Backyard Pro Canada. We have a pro wrestling tea store at Backyard or at Backyard Pro Canada. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the show is going to be happening on our YouTube channel, which is Backyard Pro. Uh, 
Thursday, June 18th at 8 p.m. will be night one, and then night two will be the following week. Right on, dude. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see what everybody has up their sleeve. Uh, I think it's going to be real fun. I think you really... Uh, you really kind of stole the opportunity of doing something in this downtime that really got people interested. So, like, kudos to you for fucking just doing something in general, but doing something of such interest and excitement. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. Well, well, for me, like, I, I literally got back from England, sat around for a month, and I was like, hey, what the fuck do I do now? Like, I have, like, I literally what I did is that I'm off work. I got that first Serb check and invested it in the camera. Oh, nice. And that's literally how this kind of started. Because I, I have cameras from work and whatnot, but I can't always. Um, my boss doesn't always let me, you know, take them for days on end. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy my own camera and do this myself. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty much how, you know, it turned into this. And then I, I'm happy that, you know, it's had so much of an influence on social media. I really didn't expect any of this. This was just kind of, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, have fun with my friends, essentially. Yeah, that, that, and I think that's really what... Uh, the greatest stuff comes down to it's uh, having mm-hmm. no expectations, just wanting to do it and have a good time yeah. while doing it. And I think that's typically when things just work out. Now, is everything finished? Is all your editing um, and whatnot done? No, I have a couple final touches. I'm literally about to finish um, night one, probably tonight. I just need to finish up some graphics and do a couple minor changes and make sure everything's kind of in place because. You know, I'm kind of trying to treat like an episode of Raw. It's not necessarily just match to match to match. It's, yeah. You know, there's segments in between and whatnot. So, so with yeah, finishing up the final touches. Estimated, though, how many man hours have you put into this, do you think? With everything in oh, total. Oh, God. Editing alone probably has to be at least, like, probably 50 to 60 hours. But Jesus! The time, but the other, like... I don't know, God, another 60 hours of just, like, thinking about it. Like, this has literally saved me creatively. I was very bored um, <laughs> through this quarantine and, like, very started to get depressed and missing wrestling, so this has really helped. Well, the day we filmed ours, our match, it was you came over at, like, 10.30. Um, yeah. And then, what, you had to leave to go to another match at 4 o'clock or something like that. Well, actually, I had to leave to go film a segment with Jay Wheeler, and then go film the final match. Jesus. So right there, you're easily at a 12-hour day just there, too. Yeah, I didn't even consider the shooting days. That's true. There's a whole lot of hours behind that. You've got- I would, uh, like, this is the thing. Like, this is great. I want to get everybody paid, and that's why we have, you know, a GoFundMe. And I would love to continue doing this, but I need to figure out how there's a revenue, because I literally can't do this for free because it's so much work. <laughs> for sure, yeah, absolutely. And there's a GoFundMe yeah. link. Yeah, you can find that. Um, donate it. Jeff deserves it. I don't need any money, but I would like you to get some kickback because I would have thought in total, I would have guesstimated you'd put in 24 hours of work altogether or something. I, and then hearing that you've done 50 to 60 hours, just editing alone. That is fucking insane. So support it. If you can like comment, subscribe, do whatever you can. Anything helps. And, uh, Jeff or Geoff Hardy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, and uh, before I'll let I'll let Mr. Vertigo go, but if you tag along in the podcast, you'll hear some promos from your favorite backyard wrestling backyard pro wrestling superstars. All right, see you later, buddy. Thanks so much.
This is the Golden Gun, Mark Wheeler. And, you know, uh, when I agreed to this whole backyard wrestling fed thing, uh, I didn't think it would be so stupid. Um, Clearly, I am dealing with a bunch of unprofessional assholes. And I'm the only one who has any common sense. Uh, I'm the only one who's not weird. And I think... I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. Fuck. Hey, what's going on? It's Jimmy Fortino here. Letting you know, ladies are free before 11 p.m. here at Club Persuasions. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hola, mi nombre es el gringo XL. Backyard Pro Hardcore Championne. Yo, 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 fuck that. This is the hardest motherfucker straight out of North York. Stan Sizzle. Pour 40 out for my homies. And... Yo, this is Jay Wheeler. What? No, Mom, I can't right now. I'm recording. Mom? Hey there, listeners. This is Psycho Mike, and you're listening. God damn it. Fuck. God damn it, Mike. Come on, get it together. Shit. This is Backyard Pro Wrestling's first openly straight athlete, Richard Tasty. And I'm here standing in the dairy aisle of my local super center because some promoter got me cutting a promo. I don't even know what a goddamn promo is. But all I can tell you is Richard Tasty, the man they call Dick, is coming to the backyard and he's looking for a fight. I'm here to swallow the competition whole. I will beat off any man that comes my way. And if you come looking to me eye to eye, wanting to fight, believe me, son, I will spank your ass. Uh, hey, I'm calling about the, uh, Swedish-made penis enlarger pump. Uh, I'm not too familiar uh, with how these things work. Uh, if you could call... Wait a second. Wait. This isn't a voicemail. Oh, hey, Jimmy Buffet here. Uh, talking about Backyard Pro. I'm very excited. Uh, that stuff before, that was just a joke. This is just a little, uh, you know, wiener humor. <laughs> In the hot dog... Uh, eating contest, uh, business. Eh, anyways, uh, I'm very excited to be part of, uh, Backyard Pro, and I'm looking forward to all of you seeing the show and seeing me, you know, doing what I do best, and that's, uh, you know, eat up the competition. So, Hey, you nerds. It's Barry Wire. Just like everything else from the 90s, I'm coming back. Fuck you. Whoop whoop. Yo, what's going on? It's Jimmy Fortino. I'm going to ask you a serious question. Do you want to get fingered or do you want to get fucked? Okay, just let me know, please.